This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Here we are. Here we are. Hello, Jeff and I, you and I have not hosted a uh, podcast together here in a little while. It has been a little bit. Hi. It's been par- Parshall and I every the last couple of weeks, but it's been great. Um, so today we're talking about how to pick the right task management tool for you. And I know, Jeff, you and I have a lot of experience in this, this space and a lot of opinions in this space. And I think this is a great time of year to have this conversation as we're wrapping up the end of the year, getting everything organized and prepped for next year. So let's get right into it. What, you know, let's maybe start with defining, you know, what is a task management tool and what does that word mean to you those words mean to you because it really can be it's kind of a nebulous meaning actually yeah I, you know i sometimes get a little bit um stuck on the difference between project management and task management because in my world tasks are part of a project so inevitably i wind up linking them in my head um task management to me is just at a more granular level than project management. Whereas project management is thinking about the different things that you have going on. Tasks is about the different things you have to do. So I think about task management is about the storage and uh, appropriate retrieval of the things that you need to do on a regular basis in different areas of your life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then we also hear the term thrown around workflow management. That one I also Mm. think gets, gets lumped into it as well. Yeah. Well, there's also a connection to workload management or resource management. So there's, um, you kind of, I think you said the word nebulous at the beginning, but it, it, it does get a little sticky because uh, as we're going to talk about today with the different tools, some of them do some things, but not other things. And then some of them kind of try to do everything, but maybe don't do it as well. And some, some try to do just one thing really well. So um, yeah, it, it does get kind of sticky, but I'm glad we kind of started out there. I, I do think that we should leave the door open to kind of effortlessly flow between talking about projects and tasks. Um, but I think the, the focus is on getting getting the work done and choosing the right tool for that job. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it because I do. I think people get really tripped up on, well, it's this, it's this. It's like the definitions are, you know, like I said, it's, it's nebulous and we want to make sure that you are finding a tool that works for you in order to get the right work done at the right time without losing your mind in the process. That's what we're really talking about today. Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. So, you know, when people are thinking about the the tools available to them, I mean, there are so many that you could, it could become a full-time job just finding the right tool for you. So where can people start? And I would imagine part of that is thinking about what are your really, your pain points? What are you using currently? You know, what, what tools do you want to interact with and, and interface with? So, you know, backing it way up here, where do people start and, and how do they know they even need something in the first place? I think the best, and we talk about this a lot, like not online always, but like with our clients. And then also just like when we're like, you know, talking about project management and geeking out about organization but I, it's not about the tool so much as it is about the system that sits underneath the tool. You have to think about how you work. And I think the the I would start with the way not to choose a task management software or the, the place that you definitely should not start is to look at all of the people advertising to you about their project management or task management tool and looking at all of their bold claims about how they're going to change your life. Because 
they're all they're all going to do roughly the same group of things. They're all going to try and solve a similar problem. And they're all going to tell you that they're the best one and that they're better than anybody else's. Um, so I wouldn't start there for sure. I would start by thinking about simple questions such as, um, is it task management, time management, priority management? What's what's the problem you're trying to solve? Are you having trouble finding what's most important to do? Are you having trouble keeping track of everything that needs to get done? Are you having trouble understanding where you're spending your time? So I'd say it's one place to start. Um, and another place to start, I think, would be to think about how you how your brain tends to process information best. I don't know how to say this differently, but a lot of the differences between the tools is how they let you visualize your work. And um, a, a mutual friend of ours, um, uh, Grant, uh, you know, he talks a lot about being neurodivergent and I totally align with that as someone who's neurodivergent myself. And the way that we process information may not be the way that a certain tool is is giving you the option to process information. So I would say start to think about how do you need to work to best uh, pull out what you need to be working on and, and the best way that you can think uh, externally. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because I, I totally agree with you, but you and I have had a lot of conversations around this over the years. So if I'm just sitting here going, I have too much to do and I don't know, know what to do with all these papers on my desk, where do I start to even recognize, oh, this is how my brain, do I do demos and I figure out kind of what I gravitate towards or I do this with my team and think about what looks nice? You know, how do, how do you recommend that people do that just from the beginning? That, yeah. And thank you for that, because I think that I could very easily like super geek out and go too, too deep on this subject. But the place where I found it was easier for me to start is I demoed all sorts of different programs. And I started to learn what I liked and didn't like about different programs uh, and, and what made sense for the way that I process information. So I'd say that is one place to start. The other is I think you have to look at the community and the resources available to you. So for instance, there's um, a program that probably most people listening have heard of called Asana. Huge community, lots of forums, lots of people using it, majorly easy to find articles about, you know, how to do things in Asana. It's, it's all over the place. It's sort of like if you're talking about CRM, Salesforce would be an obvious choice, right? So there's a lot of resources around that. And because of that, it gives you the opportunity to uh, maybe hack or alter the system to do different things because there's been a lot of people who've already solved that problem. By contrast, the software that I used right before Asana was a program called Flow. And if you went to getflow.com, you'd see it. And it was very similar to Asana. When they when Asana came out, it was almost identical to what Flow offered, but it was less expensive. It did a couple things faster. And um, if you go looking for resources on Flow, first of all, it's going to be much harder to find what you're looking for. Second of all, there's just not as many resources there. So I think while there will be systems that are going to work better for you than others, there's also the opportunity that certain systems are going to be easier to manipulate to make work for you than others because of the community that's there, the amount of development that's going into it and things like that. Um, but at a more basic level, um, I, I would start with a really simple question. What's the most important thing to you? Like, um, and I'll, I'll give an example to illustrate it. For me, the most important thing in a task management software, for me specifically, is that I need it to be fast. I need it to be fast and I need the ability to capture thoughts and ideas at the speed of my thoughts and ideas. So there are certain programs which, is, to, which is really fast, right? For those listening. Yeah. Yeah. 
So a lot of software didn't work for me precisely because I would have to do two or three clicks to enter a new task. And then when I wanted to enter another one, I would need to do two or three more clicks. I need something where I can just click, 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 just get it out, go fast. So I knew for me, I was looking for a piece of software with speed. So as I analyze the different options that are out there, I was looking at speed. Will this allow me to get ideas out quickly? And then once it's out, can I organize it in a way that makes sense to me? So that was my priorities. So I guess I would turn it on you. You know, I know that we both have used similar programs in the past. We still have one tool that we both use, Asana. Um, what, what do you look for when you're looking at a project management tool? How do you assess it and how do you help your clients figure out what's best for them? Yeah, and I think this is a good opportunity to talk about, you know, our brains work very differently, mine and yours, we know this, but it's interesting because you've shown me tools before where I just don't really get it. Like, I'm like, I can't get it. And I'm an intelligent person and I understand how task management tools work, but it's interesting for me and, and my brain type, especially it has to look good. It has to feel good. I need to want to use it and it has to be insanely valuable for me. So I have to trust that the things I've put into the system are there, they are able to be surfaced and I can sort through what I need quickly. Um, we've also talked a lot about, you know, your brain works very quickly. I'm a very high idea producer. I'm getting ideas from all angles all of the time. And so I need somewhere to put all of those things, but then I need a place where they do not distract me when it's time to get my work done because I've got all kinds of great ideas, but I can't have them being in the way of the priorities that I have at that given moment when I sit down to work. So it had to be a tool that was, you know, visually appealing, intuitive, easy to use, but also something where when I put stuff in, it's not lost, it's there right when I need it. So that was really critical for me. Yeah, I think that's, um, that those are all good call outs. Another one that I think is interesting, and I'm curious your take on because you and I have so much overlap, but we also have so much that makes our brains different in how we process things and how we use our systems. But I think another thing that's really a factor that I look at when I look at different systems is how much labor is going to go into using the system itself. Not even like the labor that I'm going to be able to do as a result of using this task management tool, but how much time and energy do I have to put into managing this system? And a yeah. good example that I would give is um, there's a program called Rike. Um, and Rike is very similar in a lot of ways to Asana, but it does like 300 more things. And there's all these add-ons and like to get it to really, to get the most out of it, you actually need to put a lot more time and energy into that system and add more information to it so it can do more things. And then at the other end, you have something like the iOS, uh, like on your, on your iPhone, you have the reminders app, like zero sort of setup timer. It, it just remind me to pick up milk at the grocery store. Right. So there's like these kind of, um, these levels of how much energy goes into the project management task management software itself. And I think you have to find where you sit on that. I generally look for something that's fast that also allows me to add a lot of, uh, metadata, but that I can do it quickly traditionally through the keyboard if possible. Um, so I don't have to move my mouse around and waste time there. Um, so that I can quickly organize the things I need and then be able to surface them later using, you know, searching with metadata. That's huge, right? And I think, you know, you and I work with a lot of clients in this space and it's one piece of feedback that we get often is 
you know, you're usually blaming someone else when you say this sentence, but like they won't do it or I can't get them to do it or, yep. you know, that's so much work. And it, it is. And I think that's a really critical thing when you're picking a system is to figure out how much are you willing to put into it? Because the system on its own is this empty shell and it's a it is on you to put good data in the system to get good data out. Now, if two, three clicks is going to annoy you to the point of that, you're not going to use a system. That's not the system for you. And I think figuring out what that end goal is and how many layers of projects and boards and tasks and, and, uh, things are we going to have in here is really kind of critical to think about. How do you work? How does your brain work? How does your company work? And do these tools align with that? Cause it can get overwhelmed with tools is a really big uh, thing that you have to be mindful of from the very, very beginning. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and the visualization piece is so critical. So many of the new project management tools are like really beautiful spreadsheets, basically. Like if you look at like Airtable, Smartsheets, Monday.com, like they're just really complicated, fancy spreadsheets um, versus like a, a task management, project management tool. And, you know, spreadsheets used to make me like break out in hives. They're just so like uncomfortable to look at. And you mentioned earlier, like it has to be pretty, has to be something you feel like using. So I think we, we've started to kind of like lay out some of the, 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 um, the milestones of things to look at here, right? Like, so one, do you like the way it looks? Two, does it does it hit the things that are most important to you? For me, it might be speed. For you, it might be like design and um, you know the ability to to see things without clutter and distraction, right? So everybody's got to figure out what those things are. Um, I was going to ask you another question, but then it just escaped my mind. <laughs> well, in the meantime, one of the things I was thinking about too is, you know, let's say you are a project manager or you're a leader on your team and you want to bring this up to the boss and there's going to be some financial costs involved with that. You know, how can people think about why we're using this in terms of you need to sell this to the boss? Why do we need something like this? Yeah. And thank you. That actually was the thing I was going to bring up, which was oh. I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to talk to you about cost around these, because I think it's a factor that people might look at very early on to decide. And I would actually say that the, the last thing you should look at is cost. You should first identify the tool that's going to um, allow you to be more productive, have more like free space in your mind, more calmness and less anxiety around your work because you have a system you trust. Um, so in terms of selling it, the way that I always think about project management or task management software in business is that the cost of the tool should always be less than the output of the value you're getting from it, right? So if by not using the tool, you're not, you know, losing or, or making less money than you would if you were using the tool, then you should just use no tool and just be haphazard and whatever. But if you, if you get either a financial or an emotional energy benefit from using this tool, um, then you should just use it. It should it should be the sort of thing where you don't even think about it because most of these are like 25 bucks a month or, or something like that. Like that's like nothing. So stop worrying about 25 bucks a month and instead just pick the tool that's going to allow you to have a better life. Yeah. One word of caution though around cost that I would say is a lot of these tools do have a, a, a freemium version, right? So it's, it's free, but then you get a little taste of the good life and you want to start paying for things. And so I think that's just something to be mindful of is how many people are on the team? How many licenses are you going to need? Are the license, you know, bundled? You have to buy in groups of five, 10, larger, you know, do you 
do you get a free trial and it's at a premium level, but then when you go down to the free version, when you start, you know, you decide not to pay for it, all the bells and whistles go away and now it functionally doesn't do what you wanted it to do. So I think be really clear before you get into something and start using it, start putting all your data into something after 30 days, you go, oh, now it's $75 a month. I don't really want to pay for that, but now it's hard because you put all of your, your data in there. So I think look ahead a little bit and say, I'm going to have 25 people on this. What is this really going to cost versus the free versions only going to last, you know, 30 days. So be really mindful of they'll get you in for free, but boy, those things can start to tick up as you add more features, bells, whistles, and people to the systems. That's a really good call out. And I think I often forget how companies do that that they'll like give you like the, let's say there's like five levels, they'll give you like the fourth level up. And yeah. then like you're, what you're investigating is actually the second level. And then you get out of that and you're like, oh, I lost like half the features that I actually found value in. And you're like, realistically, I'm not going to pay $90 a month for a task manager, right? So maybe task, I, I would say, obviously, uh, cost is going to be a factor in it. I would just, if I was going to put it anywhere, I would put it at the end. First, get your short list down of all the things that meet your criteria and then choose the one that that makes the most sense price wise. Yeah, yeah. So now let's go back to, you know, I need to sell this to the boss. It's going to cost two let's let's pick a number. You know, $200 a month. I, I need to get approval on this. Why do we need something like this? Why is this so important for teams? I would say in my experience there's there's probably several big benefits that come from it, but the two that I think are um the most important is one, it gives you the opportunity that otherwise you don't have to focus on the most important work. And I'm a big believer in in priority management first, that it's not about what you have to do, it's what is the most important thing you have to do. Because we should always generally be, whenever possible, working on the most important thing that we have on our plate. We should be advancing the things that we think are going to make a difference in our lives, lives of our customers, and, and those that we work with, right? So like, I think priority management is the first thing. And for any business that is is saying to themselves, you know, like every year, we just constantly are running around trying to get everything done, but we never really find the time to take on those really important initiatives that we know are gonna move the business forward. I think of the task management program and, and moving into some sort of a tool that allows you to get visibility for that is probably the first and foremost, most important thing that I see in moving to one of those systems. Um, and I think that the second one is um, is really deeply in line with your methodology of coat, but it's it's the T side of things, the ability to take time. I think without a project management software, um, and I'm going to just speak for myself here, but I know that that's not just me. I know that when I don't have a system that is capturing everything, organizing it, um, or or at least giving me the ability to find what it is that I need to do, that everything else, that it all just lives up here, right? And this is part of the the GTD methodology as well. The whole GTD idea was it's not so much a project management or a task management thing. It's partly about like emotional management of getting these things out of your head that are causing you like, you know, emotional pain of having all of this stuff in your head. And for me as someone with ADHD, when, when, when I get in that mode where it's just all in here, it sounds like a thousand voices screaming at the top of their lungs, all the things that need to happen. And it's paralyzing. I'll just sit on my couch and just stare off into space. But what's happening up here is like chaos. So I've found that for me, the task management software allows me to quiet those voices because no longer 
am I processing all of what needs to be done internally? I've gotten it out of my head and put it somewhere externally. And then organizational or team level, now you don't have that situation where people are going home from work, worried, unsure about what has to happen next. If you know that you can show up the next day and you can go to your tool and you can pull out exactly what you need to work on that day, that gives you a sense of calm and relief in your work that not only makes your life better, which is what I've been talking about, but it also just makes you more productive. And it, it gives you the ability to get more out of each workday in a way that that isn't about hustling and grinding harder, but, but really working smarter as we're all trying to do. Yeah. And you bring up so many good points in there. And I often reference that going on inside your head is the hangover. These things are just hanging over hang, or thinking about them over and over again. Those are also the same things that at three in the morning, you wake up in a panic. That's the thing that keeps you up for the next hour, right? Is those things that you have in your head where at three in the morning, if you can, and I have done this three in the morning, open up your tool, put it right in there on your phone put it away and go back to sleep. There, There's a piece that comes with that. And so that was the one of the good points you've made. But the other that I, I really love too is, and this aligns with my productivity system, is the, the taking time is that you do, you really feel like it's okay because you can see how many things you got done for the day. So you didn't get everything done, of course. These, you know, we all have to-do lists that are humongous, but you can visually see inside of these tools I got the right things done today and that feels so calming and peaceful and I feel successful. I just, I think when everything's in chaos and there's post-it notes everywhere, you just, you can't feel at peace or like you got anything done, but these tools, you can even go in and view, let me see all of my completed tasks. Like you're getting a lot done actually. And you should feel really good about that. And I think people miss that step all the time. Totally. And, and what you made me just think of is that when I answered the question, I talked about all of the personal benefits, right? Like you as a user of a task management piece of software, these are the benefits you get. You get the calm, you get to quiet those crazy, you know, screaming voices in your head of all the things you have to do, but you're trying to pitch it to the boss, right? So let's pretend that the boss actually doesn't care about any of that. Boss is saying, well, I don't really care if you are uh, losing your mind at work at night, whatever, just get the work done, right? So what, what a, uh, what a boss is likely going to care about is, is the important work getting done? And they're, also going to probably want to have some sort of visibility or insight into what's happening in the business. And I think that's if I was pitching to move to a project management software, I think where I would probably focus, and this comes down to, you know, when you're choosing a tool, you probably have to think about this, but what sort of reporting capabilities do they have? What sort of visibility does this tool give you into what's going on in the business? Now, if you're pitching to a boss that maybe oversees two or three departments, can you create something where that manager is able to then look across, um, you know, those different teams and, and see where maybe people need additional help or maybe see how things are moving along or see if dependencies uh, are, are backing certain things up. So I think that's, that's something where if I was in a managerial role, I would probably be very interested to have greater visibility into the people that I'm managing. Um, so that's probably the place that I would spend a lot of time focusing. And then I would also, really uh, encourage people to think about pitching how the tool helps you to focus on these priorities to getting that important work done. And, and I would say, if you're talking to your boss, framing how that's going to help the entire team look good, which makes them look good. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, the the boss is is so busy and showing that this is a way that we can actually make your life a little easier is great. I think with remote work, micromanaging, either we're undermanaging or we're micromanaging right now. And it's hard to be in the middle and having a task management tool is really a lovely solution for a remote team because instead of bothering everybody all the time, we can really go in this tool and just see what's happening. One of the meetings that I see happen all the time, right? Well, we have a Monday morning, nine o'clock status update and everybody's going, I don't want to go to that meeting. I hate that meeting. It feels like such a waste of time because we all go around the, you know, the Zoom room and share what we're working on and share what our status is. And it's really a big waste of time where a task management tool can actually allow you to not have that meeting, but to say, I went in the tool and I saw that Jeff, you're ahead on a couple of projects and behind on a couple of projects. Then I can use the time in that meeting to just say, hey, what are your struggles with these particular projects and how can I help you? So that status meeting can quickly turn into a problem solving meeting, which is more valuable for everybody. So I think eliminating the time and the need for that constant status update can be really helpful to an organization as well. Yeah, absolutely. And status updates, if they have that inside the tool is probably a good thing as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I think um, if you have that, then you can focus more on those meetings being more about removing obstacles and building connection than running through a list of tasks. Exactly. Exactly. And even within, you know, teammates as well, what's the status of this? You can put comments in a lot of these tools and uh, not have to call or get on Zoom or wait for an email, just almost in the moment chatting within the tools to say, can you look at this? Yes, it's approved. Here it is. Okay, we're done already. And I think that that can save a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your favorite tools? Uh, you, you know, we've kind of mentioned a few, but what are some of the ones that you've used over the years? And what are the some, some of the ones that you really love using and recommend to clients? So I personally use Todoist for everything. And I use Todoist for all of the reasons that I explained. And I am like you and Asana Certified Pro. We work together as Asana Certified Pros. We help people set up Asana boards. So I have no love lost for Asana. But in terms of what works best for how I work, and it's one of the things I liked about Asana in the first place was they had a lot of shortcut keys. But Todoist is the fastest thing I've ever found for task management across all of the different platforms I use, whether it's the iOS widgets or you know just how quickly it opens up right into add a task inside of the iOS. Um, to On the computer, I can set a shortcut key to add a task no matter where I am in any program, whatever. I can immediately get an idea of my head. And then using... Uh, just the keyboard, no mouse at all. I can choose what project I want to put it in. I can add tags. I can add priorities. I can give it a due date. It understands natural language. Um, so I can say, you know, uh, get together with Sarah tomorrow and talk about, you know, insert client name and tag it with a certain thing to put it on my work in progress board. So it gives me the ability to add things quickly, surface things quickly. And that's probably the most important thing for me personally is to have that level of speed. It also works with a lot of the different, um, you know, API action trigger type things. So if you wanted to integrate it with other tools, you could. Um, so I would say Todoist is my 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 top mention because I just love it for the way that I work. The second one I would say that's that's my obvious other favorite is Asana. Uh, I think Asana is a great tool. Um, it has its shortcomings. We bump into its limitations all of the time. Um, but it is constantly evolving. It's got a huge user base. 
Um, and we found some really, really brilliant ways to deal with that. And one of the things I like about it is that much like Todoist, it works um, in a way that that my brain works really well with, which is using metadata. So I find that it's not just about the task, but it's all of the other things that allow you to surface that task when you're looking for it. So if you want to find a task that's due next week, that's in a particular project, that's assigned to a certain person, that's tagged a certain way with a certain custom field, Asana is absolutely glorious for that. And I and I feel that as when you put in information, this comes partly from my study of the GTD methodology, but when um, tasks come into my system, I want to add as much contextual information about it as I can. And then it goes and it's either... Generally, if, if it's a thing that needs to be done immediately, I don't add any metadata, I just do it. But if it's going to go into my system, I'm going to add as much metadata as possible. Due dates, assignees, tags, et cetera. And I do that because I want to be able to go at any given point and go into my system and say, bring me these tasks. Bring to me anything that is tagged this way in this thing, that's do this, you know, this date, whatever. And Asana does that really, really well. So that's how I tend to pick my favorites. Um, I've used... Monday.com, Airtable, uh, Rike, Smartsheets, Flow, uh, Excel, uh, Google Sheets. Like I, I've used almost all of them. I, I've still, there was a program called Remember the Milk that was like my jam probably like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, but yeah, my uh, there's one called Nirvana HQ also that's not bad. Um, but I've used so many of these different ones and I've settled on my two favorites, which are Todoist and Asana. Awesome. And I have a lot of clients who say to me, well, I'm using the the tasks in Google or I'm using the tag, the tasks in Outlook. You know, what do you say to people that are doing that? that if it's a grocery list, fine. If it, like if you're actually trying to, that's such a good question because really like the iOS reminders, the Google tasks, the like if it's just you can create simple lists of things, like it's fine if you don't actually have complex or important work to do. If you're creating a grocery list or you need a short to-do list for your day, like, okay. But if you're actually trying to manage a multitude of different projects across many different areas of your life, like that thing's just not going to work. And it's not going to be able to surface for you the most important things. You need something that has a search functionality, the ability to save certain searches so you can consistently look for certain criteria. So I, I wouldn't shame them. I wouldn't tell them like you're bad for using it. It's better than not using anything, but I would certainly say they should probably upgrade to a more robust task management tool and one that allows them to get greater visibility, store more metadata associated with it, and, and maybe helps them to manage more complex projects. Yeah, totally agree. And I, again, I, I have a lot of clients who initially come to me and that's what they're doing. And it could actually be a source of overwhelm for you because everything, what I notice is everything looks the same. Yep. And so it's really hard to say this task is more important or this is due sooner. Everything's sort of in there and it just doesn't scale. So like to your point, if you've got eight tasks that you need to do, well, good for you. Just use a simple system and take care of it. But most of us are dealing with literally hundreds of things that we're trying to remember and it just doesn't scale as some of these other uh, tools will do. Yeah. I, I think once you get past 20 things in a system like that, it falls apart. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very easy to input 20 tasks. If you really sit down and look at your day, if you're going to start using task management as a, as a thing that you do, 20 tasks is nothing. That's like, that's breakfast. Yeah. You know, like you sit down, write out what you got to do for the week. You got 20 right there. Um, and I think the other thing is about multi-step 
things. So like the those task management uh, applications like Google Tasks and, and iOS Tasks, those are for kind of single step processes, for checklists, for things that are a simple sequence or a list that doesn't have any sort of need for um, for any sort of like complexity, no, no dependencies, anything like that. But the minute you start having um, even something as simple as like, you know, put out this week's newsletter, right? Like that could have five or six different steps that you need to work mm -hmm. together. And that's for one task. It's going to roll up to this one task. A simple task manager just isn't going to be able to cover that. So you really do have to switch to something more robust. And I would, uh, I've said this many times in the past, but um, I would say if you do make that switch, it's really important to make a switch, to literally migrate and move versus to create another system. Because when you run multiple systems, what you're going to find is it can be very easy to forget where you put something. And now all of a sudden, instead of feeling clarity and calm, you're feeling overwhelm and confusion because you don't know where you put a particular thing. Yeah. Um, so having a single trusted system is really important. And that's tough for me because we work in Asana for some of our stuff and I do for some of my other clients. And then I work in Todoist for all of my stuff. So it's a little bit of a balancing act sometimes having that happen. Um, so I would encourage just as, as much as you can try to work in one system. A hundred percent. And I talk, call that like the one trusted location and it, it you, trust it. One is obviously a key word. It has to be in one spot. You know, everything's there. You're not going, well, where even is that piece of paper that I wrote that note on you? You know, it's in your system, but trusted is also really key because it's not that you can go there and think, oh, I didn't put 50 of the tasks in here. So I'm not really sure this is a complete list. And you've got to make sure that these lists are utilized well. So how important, Jeff, is it to you that these are used consistently? And, and what does that role play in an organization using these tools? Yeah. So th there's kind of two questions embedded in there, which is about what do I think about consistency? And then that same question sort of in organizations. So yeah. as an individual, I would say that the answer is slightly different than it would be for an organization. So you as the individual using task list, I certainly don't want to shame anyone into like, you need to use this every day. Like you need to always be in there and checking it and this and that. Like, I think it's a good practice, but candidly, like I do this for a living with people with the productivity stuff. And I don't look at my task list every single day. Sometimes I already know what I have going on for Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't even need to look at it because I've already added everything that needs to be done onto my calendar. So yeah, it's important to use it consistently, but I would say that consistency is going to mean a different thing for different people. Some people, consistency means I'm going to check it throughout the day. For others, it means I'm going to check it every day. For others, it's going to be I check it every week on Mondays and Fridays. And for others, it's going to be I check in on it every month and I organize it and then I set out my entire month. But I think whatever it is, if if you're going to have a system that you can trust, which is our, kind of our operative word here, is you have to consistently be in there so you know you can trust it, which means you have to be adding things to it. You have to be organizing it and 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 uh, conducting maintenance on the tool that you're using. So as an individual, I would say it is important to be consistent and it is important to understand what that means for you so that it remains trusted. As an organization, I would say you have to go a little bit harder on that. You actually do have to use it regularly because it's no longer me and my tasks. It's me and my tasks and my colleagues. And the collaboration between us changes that game a bit. When I go and look at my Todoist, there's nobody else in there. It's just yeah. me. So like there's nothing changing, but the Asana workspaces that I'm in, there are plenty of other people who may be assigning me tasks, asking for my comments, asking for my feedbacks. All of that means I need to be in there regularly. And for a tool to really become the singular destination that you can go and trust, again, 
everyone has to be consistently using it because even if you just imagine one person, imagine someone in your C-suite pushing everybody to use it and then they don't use it. So you as, as an underling, send them a message and three days later, they haven't gotten back to you and you miss your deadline. Well, now the purpose of the system being there is, is been dismantled because not everybody's using it. So I really think that you do need everybody on board with it. You need everybody using it. And you have to do what you can to support people who may be less comfortable than others in the system so that they can get up to speed at, at whatever pace they need to. Yeah, really good points there. And, you know, I you you and I deal with this often, but, you know, what do you say to organizations who are like, we're using it and it's not really working and maybe people don't like it. You know, we're having some people adopt it. Some people are resisting it. What do we do in that situation? I think it's going to be one of two things. Either it really does not work, which is a possibility. Like sometimes tools just don't work for your organization, for the way people work. Maybe you've got too many people that are resistant. Like for instance, uh, I worked in an organization where they moved from an actual project management software, like a real tool to Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, this just doesn't work for me. Like, I'm just not going to use this. I don't use it. I don't process data this way. I'm not going to be able to find what I'm looking for. I'm going to use my own system. I'm not doing this. And like, yeah, sure. Bratty a little bit, but also <laughs> I literally just can't work that way. Like the, it's not going to, it's not going to work. So I think sometimes there is, um, a, not enough due diligence was put into selecting the tool. And then sometimes not enough training has gone into somebody else, um, getting up to speed with that tool. Um, but sometimes it's just the wrong tool. But in the cases where it's not the wrong tool, it's the, it's the right tool, potentially, you're always going to have some people who have struggled with it. I think you do have to be realistic about what it takes to implement one of those tools. And in terms of it's not working, I would ask, what are what exactly are you trying to solve? Because if you did your due diligence in the beginning to pick the right tool to solve the particular problem, then you should have the right tool. If you use it, that should be the right tool because you did the due diligence to pick the right tool. If you didn't, again, it's either you picked the wrong tool or you haven't done enough to make sure that it's successfully implemented. In cases of Asana, it would be things like we built, we, you know, we bought it, we're using it, it's not working. Well, there are people like you and I and others who do Asana certified pro work where you can come and talk to us. And sometimes it's a simple fix where you're like, oh, well, you're just using my tasks and that's like the worst part of Asana. Use something else. And then you just move them into somewhere else. You give them the tip and then it all comes together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important. You know, I think so often we we think these tools are going to solve all of our problems and I'm going to sign up for the tool on Monday and by Tuesday I I'm in a whole new world, right? But it's just not the case. And there is some work that goes into setting up these tools properly. There's some trial and error. There's, there uh because they are so powerful and so capable, sometimes you could set it up and that's not exactly the right way that you should have set it up. And there's going to be some tweaking that will need to go along the way. So I think it's appropriate that people have some patience with these systems as well. And they're just not, you know, out of the box perfect. There is some customization and, and really getting a feeling for how it'll work for you and your organization. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just expect, like none of these tools do anything. Yeah. Like on their own, like not a single one of them is going to fix a thing. And if it did, like it might get it right once in a while, like roll of the dice, good job AI. But like, otherwise, no, it doesn't work like that. You have to do the work. And that means you have to pick the right tool in the first place and then consistently use it and upkeep it and make sure that it's going to continue working for you. So yeah, I, I agree. I see that as often as you see that sometimes from our work together, but often sometimes just my, my own side of it. But, um, 
you know, the tool is just a thing and you can make it work or not work for you. Yeah. Yeah. So how appropriate is it to have your own, like I have a productivity system, you know, how appropriate is it to have this operating system, the way of working really kind of defined before you use a tool and, and how does a system and a tool work together? I think sometimes people's systems come out of using a tool. I know mine to a certain extent did, and I know I'm very like pro system, pro system. And, um, and I truly, and I'm not like just blowing smoke here and I'm certainly not, this isn't like just a, a paid endorsement here, but like your code system is really like the best that I've found of any sort of like a, a defined framework or system, because it incorporates a lot of the things that I liked about the systems that I was previously using. Like I, I mentioned, I'm a big GTD adherent. I like a lot of what GTD brought to the table, but I feel like your code system does a really, really good job of swallowing some of the things I really liked about GTD while also expanding and simplifying. But I think that it's really important to have a system because then you can make whatever the tool you're using work for you using that system. Maybe not every system, not every tool can be made to work with a system, but if you have a system, you know what you're looking for in the tool. And like I said, my my systems came out of using different tools and saying, oh, I like that. And I don't like that. And I like this and I don't like that. And then I started learning more di about different systems that were out there. And I said, oh, it sounds like my system that works for me is a little like this. And it mm -hmm. turned out that was GTD. It was like, get stuff out of your head, organize it, and then you know, either do it or organize it. And if you're going to organize it, make sure that it's a, a sort of thing that you can recall pretty quickly. I'm bastardizing GTD there, but... <laughs> I think it's super important is my my kind of underpinning there. And if you don't have one, I would encourage you to shop around to find ones that already exist. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Like, you know, Coat is incredible, but like Coat isn't a 100% original, like nobody's ever thought of some of these things. It just happens to be a better presentation of like a variety of different systems that the best practices are folded into a, a better, simpler system. But there's tons of systems out there that you can look at um, as a way of organizing your life and your tasks. And I would say start yeah. there if you don't have one. Yeah. And I often say that with code is that it's, it is, you know, pen and paper will work, right? It, it, you don't need all these fancy systems, these tools. Um, certainly they make it faster and easier and we highly recommend having them, but, you know, fundamentally having a system and a way that you work and a procedure is really critical because without that, the system is going to just kind of just be your problem now in a digital form. So I think that that's appropriate for people that really understand that balance between systems and tools. Yeah. And, and you and I have actually um, been the proof in the pudding for this. Like a lot of our sessions are not us sitting down at Asana and just like working through a project. Like our most standard way of working is we go into a room with a whiteboard and then I just like barf out ideas all over the whole thing. And then we organize it, right? So we clarify what we're trying to do. Then we organize all like what we're going to do, our work. And then once we have all of that and it's in a system, then we take action on it. And then once we're done, we chill and relax because we just launched a business in a weekend. So we've put it into practice, not using necessarily the most technological tools, but using the process um, across whatever tools we happen to be using. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good step for people is, is get that, you know, thought through documented. What is the system? How does your company work? And then align a tool that really matches that. Because if your system and tool aren't aligned, it's like a yin and a yang and it, it won't be working so well for you. Um, great. So Jeff, we are, that was like the fastest 
43 minutes ever. And I want to make deal. sure we uh, leave some time at the end. So anything else that as people are starting to onboard these systems, any final tips and suggestions? Um, I'll give a couple. Um, I would say one, try to figure out, and we ask this as part of our onboarding. So I'm going to put it out there because I think it's important. And I said it at the beginning, but try to understand where your problem is right now. Is it that you are having task management issues? That is, you're not keeping track of everything that needs to get done and the due dates and things like that. Is, is that a problem? Um, or is there a bigger problem? Like for instance, you're not working on the most important things. Like maybe you're capturing it all, but you just keep putting out whatever fire crops up rather than the thing that's really going to advance. Or is it that you you have what's important and you have all the things that need to be done, but you just don't have the time to get it all done? There's just simply not enough time, you know, have the, you know, the right amount of resources, whatever. So this is the question of, do you have a task management problem, a priority management problem, or a time management problem? And I think it's really important to try and understand where your problem is, because the three different things, if you attack them, are going to yield very different results about what the output of that is going to be. So like to that client that might say, like, it's not working for us. Did you answer and solve for the right problem? So I would say one, look at that. The second thing, and this helps to address all three of these, but whenever you're putting any task into a system, I would encourage these minimum fields be filled out or these minimum things thought about. Who's going to do it? When is it going to be done by? How important is it? And then if you feel like it, how much effort goes into it? Because if you can answer those things, you can then get a really good sense about what is the most important task to work on? Because you can look at the things that are the highest priority and or that are due. You can manage your tasks because you're going to capture everything in there. And then you have a complete look at all of the things that are due, who, it, who it's going to be done by, how important it is, how much effort's going to go on. And if you have how much effort or time goes into it, then you can actually start to think about workload management. So you can start looking at like, you know, if you assign hours to a task, for instance, and you know, somebody's got 30 hours to work every week. If they've got 50 hours on their plate, like, well, you know that you need to move some things off and inform the client that there's going to be a delay. So I would say that at the very minimum, um, look at due date assignee, priority and effort. And then my final thing that I would recommend is don't delay on finding a system that you can trust and where you can get ideas out of your head as quickly as possible. I, I, I can't stress enough. And it might not be everybody. I know you're a big idea generator. I literally all day am tormented by having to do things while other ideas are like being blasted into my consciousness. And if I didn't have a system for, for capturing those, whether they be little ideas of things I could do with my newsletter or big things that I could do, launch new businesses or initiatives, uh, like I would be sunk. And I think having a system that I can trust and get things out quickly uh, has been one of the most important things I do. And And like you, I have my phone on my uh, bedside and actually I've set in iOS, you can set these new focus modes. I don't know if you've seen this, but I have a sleep focus mode and I have a different homepage specifically for sleep that all it has on it is a notepad and my tasks where I can add a task or I can add a note um, very quickly. So if I half wake up, I can boom, hit one, add it in, close the phone. Um, and that's only because I have the trusted systems for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really solid point. Um, before we wrap up, I would love, you know, you and I have Get Super Productive. It's the, the business that we've launched around helping people with task management tools and, and Asana especially, but all the task management tools. Can you tell people a little bit more about that and really the genesis of why did we create that business and, and, and how we help people? Yeah, sure. I mean, you're, you're just as qualified to speak about it as me, but what I'll say about it is that 
Um, both of us used Asana for many years. I, I think I introduced it to you back in like 2010, 2011 or something. You did. Um, and it was critical for me running my business at the time. And you began using it and you began using it to, to kind of manage your work as a CMO. And when you went out on your own, at one point you had reached out to me and said that you had signed up as an Asana certified pro. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. And at this point I had been using Asana for like, like eight or nine years or maybe more. And, um, we both went into a program. We both got accepted. And then we were both in the same directory. And I was like, this seems kind of silly for us to compete against one another when one, we're both damn good at this, but two, we, we complement each other so well in our skill sets and how we approach things. And I think as, as we've seen in our work with clients, um, we each bring something different. And sometimes I feel like either of us would be a little bit sunk without the other, like too often I've been in meetings where I'm like, if you weren't here, this whole thing would have gone drastically different. And I, and I know it's, it's the same in the other direction. So, yeah. um, so I think where it, the genesis of it was that we saw that we both had something to contribute to one another where working together would help us both grow, but also that we'd be able to provide a better service to the clients that we would work with combined than we would separately. So we set about trying to figure out how to make this into a business. And while the, I'd say the majority, clearly the majority of our work is with Asana, um, there's so much more that this business is really meant to be as a, a productivity consulting business of, of helping people really just wrap their hands around getting more done, getting more important stuff done and choosing the right tool, which may or may not be Asana. Um, yep. You know, I, I, that's how I think about the business. And, you know, it, at, if there's no other reason uh, to do this business, I would say it's that I enjoy working with you. And I feel yeah. like working with you makes me a better professional. And, um, and I think we just have a lot to contribute to one another. Yeah, thank you. And I, I totally, I totally agree with that. And I think what's been really impactful for me is, you know, we have these two different brains and these two different work styles, and it's been really great to be able to help clients. And even within an organization that we're working with, some people need the Sarah brain and some people need the Jeff brain. And yeah. it's been, it's allowed us the ability to help companies holistically because we're different people. We operate differently. And so do the people on the teams that we're, that we're helping. And I think that that's totally. a, a rewarding thing. Um, and then, you know, the way that Jeff and I work with people is we do a discovery call and we, we find out all the things about how you work and how you want to work. And then we build the, the systems and the tools out for you. And then what I've really enjoyed is training the team. And then about a month later, we circle back and see what's working and, and, and how is the team using it? And it's just been so rewarding to see the successes come out of that and know that we help these companies just supercharge their productivity in the matter of, you know, four or six weeks sometimes really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And and one more point I would say just for, so there are going to be people listening that, that are like, gee, thanks for the commercial, but um, <laughs> You know, for everybody else, I would also just say um, another thing to take away from this is is to the point Sarah made about our different brains um, and how that's worked out for us is that find people that complement you in in a way that allows you to to operate in your genius zone, right? So, like, I feel like one of the things that I've gotten out of our work is one of the first times really that I've been able to just show up and do the thing that I do well and know that I don't have to do that other stuff that I don't do well, because it turns out that's the thing that you do 
with the the same level of excellence as, and proficiency as I believe I do the thing that's in my genius zone. Mm-hmm. So like apart from like whether or not you out there listening have any interest in super productive or not, it's irrelevant. The the point being is that there's a business lesson here as well. Like when you're choosing who to work with, um, I think that this is one of the the culminations of my career in finding um, a, a really good compliment because um, you do that, keeping us on track, keeping us organized, paying attention to detail in a way that that truthfully rounds out what has been my greatest weakness throughout my career is all of those things. Um, and I get to just show up and build stuff. And that's and great. Be amazing in the moment. I mean, I, if people out there haven't, I'll give a commercial for Jeff. If people out there have not had a session with Jeff, a book one now, because it is the most fun, intense, like amazing experience. But the the genius brain that's happening in there is really cool. And to be able to apply something like that to your business is just fantastic. So I think that's a uh, a good way to, to wrap it up from there. You will, you will never leave a session with Jeff bored or not feeling energized. You will leave it like, wow. I mean, I, I never, I up. never leave one bored. I, lo- <laughs> I love coaching and consulting sessions. They like super jazz me. I'm like yep. all about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun. Um, before we leave, what are you into right now? Um, I'm reading a book. Um, my answer is like, I've, I've realized like my answer is like 95% books. Um, I'm reading a book right now called the six thinking hats. Um, and I, I just began incorporating it into some of my work. Um, and it's this idea that essentially, um, in, in most Western thinking, you, uh, you kind of work out things through argument or debate or like talking through things, but not People are kind of like working through ideas and challenging things. So what the six thinking hats is about is about this idea of parallel thinking. We're essentially in a meeting, in in brainstorming sessions, whatever, you try to get everybody thinking in the exact same direction, right? So maybe you want everybody thinking like a devil's advocate, or maybe you want everybody being creative, or maybe you want everybody just giving information and facts and data. So there are six hats. And essentially what you do is you organize and run meetings by way of going through these six hats. And uh, I recently used it in a brand workshop and it was magnifique. And um, I would strongly advise people read it. I, I'm not fully through the book yet, but I have the broad brush strokes of it so far. And um, and I've started incorporating some of the ideas in it. But I think it's a really profound concept and they're using it all over the world in, in enormous companies. Uh, they've incorporated the six thinking hats into a way of doing things. And there's just so many applications for it that... I'm really excited to incorporate into my body of frameworks and, and ideas and things that I can use. That's what awesome. about you? I love it. Good. Um, what are you into? Well, I did get to travel this last two weeks. I've been traveling a lot. And, you know, I think throughout COVID, we, we just locked down and we didn't really get to do so many things. And so it's been just great to be out and about. Again, I know you and I spoke at the same conference, which was fun. So I think just, you know, I really try to just appreciate where I am and those moments that I'm in, you know, like I, we, I flew right over the Grand Canyon this week and got to see it. And, you know, I think there's just things like that, that are, it's like, I'm, I'm really into like appreciating the beauty of every day. It's fall and the leaves are changing where I am now. And I'm just like, Looking out the window, it's gorgeous. I was in sunny Southern California this last week. And I think there's just like, there's so much beauty around it. Us all the time. Like I'm into just like taking a pause and really honoring that. 
I dig that. I've been thinking about that a lot too, um, because I was listening to a meditation that was, the meditation was called the last time. And it was talking about how like you often don't know when it's the last time you're going to do a thing. Mm. Right. And I was thinking about it because, you know, my daughter is 18 months now and she's just like constantly doing new stuff and sprouting and growing. And when she was littler, she used to give me a kiss on my nose where her entire mouth would just go over my nose. It was this big, wet, disgusting, but it was the cutest thing ever. So pure. And I didn't know that the last time she gave me a kiss like that, it was going to be the last time. So now every time I pick her up and I hold her, I'm like, this might be the last time I pick you, let me pick you up and hold you like this. So I'm like, I'm on the same wavelength where it's like, you never know when you're not going to get the chance to appreciate anything. We're so quick to like, try to get to the end of something or like experience the thing and be done with it and have it like, rather than appreciating it in the moment. So I I am a hundred percent on board with that. And uh, it's just showing up for me and in watching this little Rugrats sprout up. Oh, I love it. Well, there's nothing that can top that. So I think we we wrap it up with that today. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. And if you have questions about these tools, any of them, definitely reach out to us. We're here to help. We love to talk about these tools with people. Um, and this was just another great episode of the Heroic Council. So we will see everybody next week back here again, same time, same place. And remember to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. That's it for today. Thanks everybody. Yep. And one last thing I'll add is that you can find uh, links to get in touch with us in the show notes. I'll make sure to put them there. Hey, thanks for joining us here on another episode of the Heroic Council. You can tune in every Monday at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time and catch us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, all under the Superhero Institute, or you can just search for Heroic Council using your favorite search engine called Google. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform by searching Heroic Council on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all over the place. Be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And if you love the show, be sure to share it with someone that you love or even somebody you just like a lot. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.